Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving for all of you guys out there celebrating today or tomorrow, depending on when you're hearing this. Thank you so much for joining us. We know we got a lot of information to go through. Several games are going to be on uh, Thursday this week. We're going to have, I believe, six teams that'll be participating in the Thursday game. So we're definitely going to be able to go through all of that kind of good stuff. Um, it's me, your favorite fantasy football fiend, Zay. As always, I got my boy, Young Vander, on. How about the people, Young Vander? Fantasy fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at him, Bro Joe. What's good, Fantasy Fiend family? Let's go. Yo, so I got a quick question for y'all. What are you right now watching that you would suggest? Whether it's a throwback that you missed the first go-round or something that's out right now, regardless of what streaming app or television network or whatever the case is, what, what are y'all watching right now? Well, I just watched the movie Life. Oh, the, the, the Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence one? Yeah. The old school? Yo, that was my favorite <laughs> movie for, for years. For yeah. years. Just yeah. hearing that name made me want to go watch it right now. Yeah, that was that joint, my movie. That joint's forever funny, man. Oh, Claude. Okay. <laughs> Joe, what you been watching, man? You, you, you most of the movies, TV series? I've been actually watching a uh, Netflix that uh, series called uh, Ozark. It's pretty much long story short. His partner and him supposed to launder some money. His um, his partner was scamming, scamming under the table, got killed. He owed people like eight million dollars, and he got to flip the money pretty much. Yo, that's by far my favorite Netflix series. Now, have you seen Money Heist though? I feel like I've seen that on there, but I haven't watched it. Okay. Yeah. That's if you like that Ozark type of a show, you love Money Heist as well. Man, look, so I've been watching the show called Lost. It's like six seasons. It, it goes back to the like probably mid 2000s is when it came out. I just wasn't watching it at that point. But when I tell you that this show is off the chain, and I'm one of those people that I'm going to run through an entire series like, in a week versus having to wait a week to watch one show. I'm one of those people. I'd rather binge watch than, than have to, you know, be held at bay for a week to come up with whatever we're going to watch. But man, this show is awesome. If you haven't seen it, man, you got to watch it. Like for real, for real, you got to watch it. I, the, um, I know we were talking about the Squid Games. Did you did you ever watch that, Vander? Nah, I didn't really get into it. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I'm more of a sports, sports. guy. Yeah, you know what I mean, um, <laughs> I did watch the BMF uh, season yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so power like, back. Yeah, I haven't, and I'm probably one of the only people that has never seen one episode of Power. What? Yeah, never. Treat yourself. Yeah, so. <laughs> power is like that, bro. But yo, we got a lot of info to throw at you today. Are we gonna go through your matchups? There are quite a bit of pivots due to injuries and other situations out there, so we're gonna go through that as well. Make sure everybody is in the know. Uh, but we're gonna get you started with your news. <laughs> And now your fantasy news. All right, so let's hop into the news. We actually have several items to go over that may concern your various fantasy teams, just depending on the league types and the league sizes that you're in. Um, starting out, we got Jared Goff. He remains limited, uh, but he's trending towards being able to play this week. If you recall, he had that oblique injury that kept him out of last week's game. He was a limited participant on Tuesday's practice, reported by the head coach, Dan Campbell. I mean, he's leaning in that direction right now. It's, uh, he, he's calling it a 60-40 a, a chance that golf will start this week. 
would you guys, if at all possible, just find a pivot in general? I mean, golf hasn't really been shining that much. And then for him to go out there at what his coach is labeling as 60 percent, that doesn't seem like any party I want to participate in. I'm going to pivot for him altogether. I know the Bears didn't play too well on defense last week, but a division opponent, I think whoever going to play going to get pummeled out there uh, this week. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely see that too. They they just uh yeah, you might just want to save him from himself. I know he'll 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 go out there and try to tough it out. But another young quarterback that may not have the opportunity to tough it out, Justin Fields, he's been an unparticipated practice. He has the the rib injury. They did do the x-ray and found that it wasn't broken, so he doesn't have any broken bones or anything like that. It is going to be a serious pain tolerance type of an issue. Mac Nagy already confirmed on Tuesday that Andy Dalton is going to be the starter on the center on Thanksgiving. With it being a short week, that kind of limits his the availability as well. So it looks like Fields is going to be sidelined with the rib injury, possibly to return next week. We'll kind of see what goes on there. What are your feelings on Dalton, Barry? Hmm. I actually think Andy Dalton would be an okay play. I definitely like him a whole lot better than I like Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so Absolutely. I think he'd be a, a, a solid play. I mean, don't get overly excited or anything like that, but I mm-hmm. think he'd be a, a okay play if you're in a two-quarterback league, maybe a quarterback two, if, if you're down that far, you know what I mean? And actually, maybe I asked that question too soon. Let me throw this out there and then ask again. Allen Robinson set out of practice. He's still dealing with the hamstring injury. He was a complete non-participant, wasn't even limited. Um, they're, they're leaning, you know, he's 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 50-50. We, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him, and he hasn't necessarily been the Allen Robinson of old this year in general. And Darnell Mooney, he remains uh, limited at practice with his foot injury. It's looking like he was able to make the walkthrough, but he wasn't able to fully participate. So it looks like our Marquise Goodwin may end up being the healthiest of the wideouts. So it may be a David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert type of a a game and situation. Do you still feel the same way about Dalton, knowing that his weapons may either be out or hampered? I mean, they are playing the Detroit Lions. This is true. (laughs) So it's not like it's a world beater defense. Marquise Goodwin actually... Last week had a he went over 100 yards on uh, four catches. You know it's just boom or bust. Yeah. You know with this offense. So and your squad actually made a move this week. I'm not exactly sure if this is preemptive or if this is in response to something that they've seen in practice or whatever the case may be. But Devin Funches, who was last a member of Green Bay, he's now a 49er. They signed him to the practice squad. Not exactly sure if that was just one of those, well, he's out there, so we might as well get him. Or if somebody's nicked up in practice or something like that, and they're trying to, you know, cover their bases just in case. Devin Funches is now a 49er. Insignificant signing of the week, or is there a smoke and fire situation there? I don't think this means anything. It's just Shanahan doing Shanahan things, man. Due diligence, huh? Right. You got, got these kind of coaches, man, when they're extremely smart. They think they're smarter than everybody. And they can make <laughs> Something out of nothing. So I think this is just one of those things where he maybe think he could turn Devin Funches into something. So I don't think there's anything here though. Well, I guess now is the best time if he's free. I mean, you don't lose anything by it. He's on. He's just he hasn't actually made the 53 man roster yet. Um, he's on the practice squad now. So we'll see if anything ever comes of that. Down in New Orleans, we have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara both non-participants in practice this is starting to kind of worry me just a little bit especially with Kamara not going last week both of them have knee issues bringing up the pivot for Mr. Tony James possibly uh, just depending on what goes on with that running back situation but neither one of them are practicing and they have a Thanksgiving Day game. So that's even worse. They don't have as much time as they would have normally had to recover. Is this just smoke or are, are we in the flames as far as these two running backs are concerned and we need to make a hard turn? Well, they got Mark Ingram listed day to day. I think Wednesday's practice will probably be more of a telltale sign. Maybe took the, the day off because it is a short week. But even so, I still wouldn't feel comfortable starting Mr. James at running back due to the matchup. I mean, they playing against Buffalo which I know Buffalo just gave up a, a ton of fantasy points to uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he ain't Taylor, though. So. But correct. <laughs> so, you know, even if Ingram was to sit, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't even be contemplating this guy as a flex, in my opinion. 
we got uh cd lamb who jerry jones was saying on his monday talk show had a possible chance of going this thursday he's still a non-participant in practice due to his concussion on sunday they're not really giving any indication if there's a lean to one way or the other he hasn't advanced far enough at this point to even be in non-contact drill so the odds of that changing between now and tomorrow evening in my estimation would be slim so i would count on him being inactive for tomorrow's contest so again those pivots would be uh gallup and cedric wilson right now but i can definitely see them leaning heavy on the run game as well maybe uh dalton schultz can show back up he he started out hot you know kind of cooled off a little bit maybe it's a schultz game dude i think if you're an uh cd and lamb owner you may not have a choice you may have you may not have much of a choice like myself. I'm a CD Lamb owner and I have Cedric Wilson. I mean, so I really don't have a choice considering everything else that's available in the free agency. True. As as far as uh play. But I think C D Lamb still has a slim chance of playing. Uh he was taking meetings, uh, which is kinda like out of the ordinary for someone that's still in, you know, the protocol. So he's in a concussion mm-hmm. protocol, but he's actually taking meetings. So you don't really see that this early. He is probably one of those guys that don't have the practice to play. So if he can clear Absolutely. it by today, they definitely going to run him out of there. You know, yeah, run McCarthy, him out there, so. um stated that, you know, he's mentally prepared to play, even if he doesn't right. practice all week. So he, right. yeah, he, yeah, you're 100% spot on there. And guys, make sure you pay attention to the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. We'll give you the updates as they come in with these injuries and these situations. So we'll, we'll make sure that you have that information up. On Facebook, that's the, on Twitter, that's fantasy underscore fiend. And on IG, that's fantasy football fiend. Again, that's fantasy football fiend at IG, fantasy underscore fiend on Twitter, and the fantasy football fiend family Facebook group to get your updates. A couple of more bits of news. A turnaround in New Jersey. We have Mike White and Joe Flacco that test positive for COVID. Luckily for the Jets, Zach Wilson has been deemed healthy by the staff there. So right now it's looking like he's going to be the one to go on Sunday unless they make a pivot to Josh Johnson, which is the only other QB on the roster that isn't currently affected, outside of Wilson that is, by COVID-19. So quick change of pace with the Jets. Zach Wilson probably wasn't even in the quarterback room, so that they, that may have actually worked out in their favor, the fact that he was injured until like really recently. But they have a another set of issues to deal with in Jersey. It is likely the week that we're gonna see Wilson back. And it's a good it's a good opportunity for him to kind of get out there with a full plethora of weapons going against and it's Houston. So yeah, you can, right. So it's like a get right kind of game for him if he's able to play. Um losing Michael Carter is big, but Ty Johnson, like you alluded to earlier, might be a good pickup against Houston. He's kind of been able yeah. to do a little bit of everything. He's like Frank Gore. And they are promoting um, Josh Johnson back up from the practice squad. Uh, they're saying that he, he'll he probably serve as the backup for the week, but um, who knows how that goes or, or what happens in that game. But um, that's what's going on with the Jets right now. Um In Tennessee, you know, we had several issues going on in Tennessee. Marcus Johnson has been shut down for the season. Julio Jones is still on IR. A.J. Brown was dealing with a hand injury, then a chest injury that finally knocked him out of the game. With all the injuries going on with their wide receivers, they went ahead and made a move and picked up Golden Tate. This is a move out of necessity. Golden Tate didn't seem as if he lost too much of a step. He still has his hands, you know. That's pretty much what they need in in, in Tennessee right now. So I don't know that I would pivot to Tate just yet. You still have Nick Westbrook Ikein, I-K-H-I-N-E, if you're looking for him on your waiver wire. That guy put up over 100 yards. He was the go-to target for Ryan Tannehill when when everybody got hurt. So Tennessee's dealing with like damn near their entire offense being injured. And to boot, they have to go against the New England Patriots, whose defense is looking the best right now. So this may be another high point total for the New England Patriots defense. And so that's definitely something to monitor. Do you think that Golden Tate may be worth a stab there? Like you said earlier, I think he's worth a stab in deeper leagues. I'm not ready to start him. But if you're in a deeper league, I think he's good for a stash. I'm surprised that he was even on free agency. I mean, Golden Tate, 
last showing still showed me that he was still good enough to be in this league. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So maybe maybe I, it was I, a money thing. Maybe maybe he wasn't willing to take what what people were offering, and then he just got lost in the sauce. Yeah, I totally forgot about him. To be honest with you, like he just I totally forgot about him. So, but it's good to see him back. But I would definitely stash him in deep leagues. But I wouldn't be ready to start him right away. And especially um, if you're looking at a PPR situation, because uh, he'll definitely be the guy that can kind of get it done in the middle. That's that's normally the last thing to go. I'm surprised a team like New England didn't give him a call. At one point, I thought we did. That's why I'm thinking it may may have been a money thing, or or maybe he was, you know, not willing to go to a team that had X amount of receivers, whatever the case may be. I'm not sure, but in the off season, I, I thought he he made a few different visits, but he just never found a home. But he'll be in Tennessee, another pivot that Tennessee made. They parted ways with Adrian Peterson. So barring a significant injury somewhere else, we may have seen the last of AD. They did go ahead and pick up Dontrell Hilliard, which is more of an inclination that, you know, AD just don't have it no more when you got fired and Dontrell Hilliard is your replacement. So, but yeah, that's the direction that Tennessee is going in as far as running back is concerned. So all of their skill players are just hurt. They're down right now. With that being said, they still have one of the best records in the league. So they still have that opportunity to kind of heal up and hopefully still make the playoffs. But I will not be upset if they lay an egg this weekend. I can tell you that right now. We'll get a little bit more into that in the matchup. We had Adam Trotman of the Saints, who is now on injured reserve due to the knee injury that he sustained. These knees are being blown out left and right in New Orleans. Uh, Kamara, Trotman, and Ingram are all dealing with the knee injuries. Philip Lindsay was cut. Um, we don't normally see cuts um, this deep into the season at that position unless it's just just not working out at all. I can definitely see him finding a, a home. Um, wouldn't doubt that Tennessee might have picked him up if he had been cut prior to them picking up Dontrell Hilliard. He might not be, you know, the Broncos thought that they were drafting, but he's definitely better than Dontrell Hilliard. So, and and, and uh, with McNichol still being on the men, um, you know, he's kind of that H back, if you will, that can do. A little bit of everything. There's not 32 starters in this league better than Philip Lindsay. I'm sorry. Um, I, I would immediately pick him up if I was Buffalo. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a couple. I would say several teams that could use these services due to injury or to just what they have currently on their team. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, Absolutely. Philip Lindsay would be great over there. I think the Miami Dolphins. Philip Lindsay. Oh yeah. Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Philip Lindsay. Michael Carter's down. New York Jets, yep. you need Philip Lindsay. Like, there's so many teams right now that can use these services. Hell, Atlanta Falcons. Philip Lindsay's better than Mike Davis to me. I mean, you're right. It's just. And like, I think he would fit better in that offense, honestly. Right. Nah, he, he shouldn't sit. I think he probably will get claim on waivers. I don't think he would clear waivers at all. I think somebody will put a claim in for him. By Thursday, end of day Thursday, waivers will have ran for him. So um, it's 24 hours from today that we would be looking at whether he was picked up. No, excuse me. It'll be sometime today, actually, because this happened yesterday. So and I want to say the league's uh, time schedule, if you will, everything kind of stops at 4 o'clock East Coast time. If he's picked up, it'll be sometime prior to 4 o'clock East Coast time. Other than that, he'll be a free agent, and he'll have the latitude to kind of pick and choose where he wants to go. Zeke has been uh, listed as a full participant in practice, so looks like he's going to be good to go. Got a couple of other people here as we get down the list. We got Eric Ebron, who is likely heading for an extended absence, unfortunately. And I saw, Joe, I saw you pick up Fire Move. I did not realize he was still available in that league that we were in. But yeah, Eric Ebron is likely out for a good little bit of time. Um, so that may be a pivot that you want to make. Some leagues apparently do still have them out there. And I, I was kind of late to the party on that one because I would have picked them up myself. Ray Ray McLeod is on the COVID list. Pittsburgh. Well, well, that wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into this rapid fire team. And now rapid fire 10, 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. All right, let's get right into this, man. Rapid Fire 10, we got 10 matchups. And at this point in the season, most people cannot afford to lose. So let's give these things the best advice possible. Let's get into it. First matchup, we got Elijah Moore or Brandon Cooks? I'll take Elijah Moore on that one. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. I'm going with Cooks because Elijah Moore is definitely a thing, but is he a thing with Wilson? 
Mm. Um, I know with Cooks that he has a solid floor. I honestly believe that Elijah has the higher ceiling at this point. But if, if we're talking about uh, I can't lose situation versus I need this guy to help me win the week situation, I, I, I would go with Cooks. Yeah, I agree with that. Elijah Moore has not looked good with Wilson at all this season. We got Miles Gaskins or Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre all day. Um, yeah, I know he's going to be second to Harris, but I believe that they can get a couple of touchdowns, possibly each in this game. Tennessee's defense isn't going to be able to show up because they're going to be on the field all day. Um, so I, I expect, especially in you know the latter half of the game, that it's going to be a ground and pound situation, and it's going to be Harris, Harris, Stevenson, Stevenson, Harris, Harris, Stevenson, Stevenson. They're just going to go back and forth and just beat the hell out of Tennessee. All right. And, bro, you had who? You had Stevenson also? Yeah, I went with Stevenson. All right, cool. We got Cole Beasley or Cedric Wilson. I'll take Cole. I think in that matchup, they're really going to get Pollard and Zeke. They've been getting Pollard and Zeke involved a lot in the past game. Schultz, I think, is going to be more productive. And then, two, Gallup, to me, has the better upside in the receiver group. Cedric and I forgot the, who's 88. They're like on the same level. I know Gallup to be several steps above both of them. So I think it's going to be a get right for Gallup. Now, if Lamb plays, this changes. But if Lamb doesn't play, normally that second receiver uh, for Dak Prescott tends to get a little bit of shine, a little bit easier to get the ball to him. So I'm, look, I'm, I'm hoping that isn't the case because I need Schultz to show up. But <laughs> I guess six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, but I, I'll go Wilson's way. All right. Speaking of Tony Pollard, we got Tony Pollard or Devontae Freeman. Is Murray back? He had 10 carries last week. I want Pollard. I guess, I guess I'm going to go Pollard too. He's the pass catching back and they're down on pass catchers. So he'll probably get a few more, you know, a few more plays in there than he normally would have. So I, I guess I'm going to go with Pollard. All right. We got Javante Williams or Miles Sanders. Real quick, Barry, who, who would you go with? I'm going with Tony Pollard. Okay. Especially okay. PPR league. At this point, I mean, Pollard is a, a better runner to I me than Devontae. So, I mean, what else is it be said? I'm going with Pollard. We got Javante Williams or Miles Sanders? I want Miles Sanders all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going um, to go with Sanders just because it seems like Philly finally decided that they want to use their running game on a regular basis. Um, I think he put up close to 100 yards last week. He getting if he got that touchdown last week, he he really would have been forced into the spotlight, if you will. But I, I want to say he got like 90 something yards um, on the ground last week. So I, I'll stay in the flames with Sanders. All right, we got Darnell Mooney or Marvin Jones Jr. I'm gonna take Mooney. He's just more consistent at this point. Marvin Jones Jr. He he always had an upside to go off, but since they got Dan Arnold, it's been he been missing. This is one of those if he goes type things. I'm not exactly sure how far Mooney will progress as far as his uh, injury is concerned. Um, but if he goes, I go Mooney. But I don't necessarily shy away from the other option as well. So it's kind of one of those, you know, six and one and half a dozen and other. But Mooney does get a slight edge based on what we were able to see Dalton do as far as hooking up with that deep ball. So. Um, especially if Robinson doesn't go and Mooney does. All right, we got the new money man, Tim Patrick, or Nick Westbrook, NWI, Titans. I know Patrick just got paid, Sutton just got paid, but it isn't going to change how they run the offense right now. And until they have a quarterback that can actually sustain three wide receivers, you're not going to know which week is going to be a Patrick week versus a Judy week versus a Noah Fant week versus a Sutton week. So, I'm going to go with the guy that should be peppered with targets, especially since how I'm thinking Tennessee may be playing from behind. So give me, give me the guy that's going to get the, the most volume um, in his offense, especially if I'm looking at a PPR league. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that move is only to set up the fact that they're going to go and get a rookie quarterback. You don't give that type of money to Sutton and Tim Patrick unless you knew the next five years or the next four years, you're not going to worry about cap problems. So mm. that's just a sign that they're going to get a quarterback to me, a rookie quarterback. Do, do you think it would have to be a rookie quarterback versus it being maybe a cheap vet? I mean, you just gave uh, Sutton like almost close to $70 million with the guarantees, and then you turn mm -hmm. around and give Tim Patrick $30 million. 
So you tied a lot to those receivers. And then also, too, you have Hamler and Judy. Mm-hmm. I think at this point they all in for – it would have to be a rookie quarterback unless – and it's a big contingency. I mean, who's going to take less money on their, on their defense? You have to ask somebody. You're going to tell Chubb to take less money or Simmons, who you, who you still uh, – you know, just signed to a lucrative deal. Somebody would have to take less money for them to get another quarterback at this point. I'm all for everybody getting their money, but I don't understand those guys getting paid. That's just me. <laughs> I haven't seen any production to make me be like, yeah, you deserve $70 million, or yeah, you deserve that. I-, I haven't seen it. I mean, maybe y'all have, but I haven't seen it. I'm going to be honest with you. I actually have seen it. The reason I say that is because if you look at, the balls that are thrown anywhere in the vicinity of Tim Patrick's area, he does not drop balls at all. Sutton, he can go up and get it with the best of them in the league. I think what the Broncos are saying is our lack of offense isn't due to these receivers, and we need to lock them up now because when we actually get a quarterback that's worth a damn, they will be actually worth more than we agreed to pay them. I, that's I think my, that's the frame. That's, that my, that's my thing going off what bro said. If they're thinking about bringing a rookie quarterback, that's not the answer then. I, I personally think they're, they're thinking about bringing in a, a vet that's willing to take a, a pay cut that would be in the same vein as far as pay-wise as a rookie. Who? Um, I think Garoppolo may be available. If Cleveland moves on from Mayfield, he may be available. You got – or his current backup right now. I take Case Keenum over what you got right now. With Keenum, the Broncos. Keenum going back to Denver. I, I would also look at Trubisky that's in Buffalo right now as a possible <laughs> solution. I would look at New England looking at like a, a Stedham. Um, there's a few guys out there that, that just aren't but, coming to mind at the moment. Maybe, maybe I think Matt Ryan is the biggest one, though. Matt Ryan probably would take less 18 to 20 million to go there. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there, there are a few vets out there that could possibly fit the bill, but but that's um, cool. But from what you're saying, you're saying, mm-hmm. hey, when we once we get a quarterback, then these guys like you, you. I haven't heard a quarterback yet that's probably that much better than a Teddy Bridgewater to for you to get this to tap into this full potential. You think you're gonna get out of these wide receivers? Is what I'm saying. I'm just saying that based on the move that they made, that would almost have to be the thought process, or the move makes no sense at all. So I'm not saying that that's the same move that I would have made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But based on what they did, that had to be what they were thinking because you're 100% right. Like, if if that's not what you're thinking, what what the hell are you doing? I think they put the carriage before the horse on this one. I really do. I mean. I mean, but they got everything but the quarterback right now. They got the defense. I mean, like, who who else would they pay right now? I I wouldn't pay them. (laughs) Okay. I mean, mean, because something like, come on, like, last year – he only played one game this year. He only he hasn't really been done. I mean, I, I hear you, but we can't speak about the quarterback when when Teddy Bridgewater just had three thousand yard receivers in Carolina last year. You know what this screws so, up more than anything? Yeah. The odds of Rodgers and Adams going to that team. <laughs> I, I don't like it, man. I'm sorry. I, I just haven't seen it. Sutton hasn't shown me he's worth seventy million. Are you kidding me? He had one decent season. Yeah, That's it. they're kind of like some of these other teams where. When it's their homegrown guy, they they kind of feel a lot of people do this on their fantasy team because this person is on my bench. He's a lot more valuable than if he was on your bench, and then you would be laughing at me for offering him to you. All right, let's get back into it. We got another one, man. We got Andy Dalton or Zach Wilson. Andy Dalton. Dalton. Give me Dalton. We got Rex Burkhead or Mike Davis. I'm gonna go with sexy Rexy. Mm. I mean, I got to go with the same. I think like he's in the goal line. He's getting a lot of work, especially on um, like second and close in some third down situations. So I like his upside. Yeah, I think he had like 18 carries last week, which is pretty high for a Burkhead. Uh, and last but not least, we got Mike Gallup or Cordero Patterson. I want Gallup, just like I said earlier. Man, if, if Patterson is healthy, I'm not going to sit him again. I'm not going to do it. This the same way as there's certain people that you get upset with yourself for continually starting. I'm on the opposite end with Patterson. I was upset with myself because I thought it was fool's goal. And while everybody else was cashing in their lottery ticket, I was still looking at my bench and said, well, keep doing well and you might get in the game. I'm I'm not doing that anymore. He's going to have to disappoint me a couple of times before I, I take him out if he's healthy. All right. So that concludes our rapid fire 10. Rapid fire 10.
Let's hop right into this week's matchups. We have three games that are going on Thursday, which are going to be the Bears versus the Lions, the Raiders versus the Cowboys, and the Bills versus the Saints. We'll start out with that Bears versus the Lions game. That's going to be your 12-30 game. So that'll either be, depending on how your family is, that'll be when you're sitting down to dinner, or with my family, that'll be pretty much when everybody's showing up. in the But with that Bears and Lions game, we got a 41-and-a-half point over-under. We have only a three-point spread with Chicago being the favorites. The predicted score on this one is Chicago 23, Detroit 19. What you got on this one, Joe? Yeah, I'm liking Andy Dalton particularly and because he's going to really get everything going for Montgomery. This is a Montgomery, and like you alluded to, a Herbert game. More so Montgomery. He can easily have two touchdowns in this game. Like you said, um, unless we know more about Mooney, Mooney would be a, st- a solid start. And then to Van's point earlier, Godwin did have that uh, touchdown towards the end, so we already know that connection and rapport is already there. And he is a track star waiting to happen on the other side of the ball quickly. Uh, I'm not liking any of the receivers. I mean, Amon Rao got humbled, I guess, when got when went down. But even before that, you can say Hawkinson, but his knee, I think he's playing through a really tough knee injury. And then lastly, Swift uh, is going to go off in this game as well, especially if Jamal Williams is not close to playing at full strength. There hasn't been an update on Williams, so I'm assuming – it's the same as it's been the last couple of weeks. So I, I'm assuming he's not going to go this week. If he does, uh, again, that'll be something that we you know put out there on the social media sites. We have the Raiders and Cowboys. That has a 50 and a half point over under with a seven and a half point spread. Dallas is the favorite in this one by that seven and a half. The predicted score 29.2 for Dallas, Las Vegas, 18.4. Is this just a... This is a, in my opinion, a stardom if you got him. What you think, Vander? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely a uh, stardom if you got him. Pollard would be a great flex play in this game. I can see him getting maybe close to the double digit carries. I think they're gonna try to really enforce that run game due to lack of possible cast pass catchers in this game. So I definitely see them uh focus on the run a lot more. But like you said before, if you got him, start him. See, it's hard to say. Like, uh, Brian Edwards is always going to be the flyer of the team. Last week, he had zero targets mm. um, for zero yards in that game. Um, it's a Winfro and Waller kind of game. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is going to be him. I think this is really a Zeke game to me as far as touchdowns, where I think he might score twice. Though Pollard seems to be getting a lot of burn more than him, similar to Ramon J. Stevenson and Harris. I think Zeke is in a prime position to finally take some of the goal line carries. They're going to be without several receivers, so it's time for him to get some of the work in the red zone. The night game is going to be the Bills versus the Saints. This has a 45-point over-under, and the uh, Buffalo Bills are favored by six points. But the predicted score in this one is 24-23 to 23 going New Orleans way. The predicted score is going against what the spread is. So that, that'll be... It'll be kind of interesting to see where the public sides are. Uh, this is one of those games, if you're a betting person, I just take the opposite of whatever the public is doing, and the public is probably going Buffalo. So <laughs> I'd probably take New Orleans and the points on this one. But fantasy uh, relevance, what, what do we have on this one, Joe? Yeah, so with this matchup, like with the Bills coming to town, I think last week was a complete fluke. Like that, what they hmm, laid, okay. <laughs> what they put on defense is going to be, was ridiculous. I think they're going for blood this week. I don't trust anybody on the Saints offense without a Kamara, without an Ingram. I think they don't have anybody on offense. I as think far the as tight the Bills, end is Jawan Johnson was there. Yeah, I, I, I like Jawan. But as far as the Bills, I think this is it's everybody, particularly Emmanuel Sanders. I think uh, Beasley could have a get off game. He, he's one of those people, he might have a 50 yard game, and then against opponent you don't expect, it's 90 yards and two touchdowns. So you got to look out for Beasley. You got to obviously account for uh, Sanders being productive, but still, you know. I think this is a Diggs game all the way. If you don't, I think even, I don't care if it's Marcus Lattimore, he's going to probably get two tutties and over 100 yards. Running back is shaky and Josh Allen. I don't know with him, but at least I know what I'm getting out those receivers. We have the Jets going up against the Texans. This one is a 44 and a half point over under with a two and a half point spread. Houston is the favorite in this one. 
Um, the predicted score is Houston 28, Jets 20. Um, is this a sit if you got them? Or if you got them, you probably ain't paying attention to your team no more? Who, who do you – are you touching any I, – I, I don't know if I'm touching this game at all. What you got on this event? Nah, I probably won't touch too many guys in this game. But a, a sneaky guy in this game may be like a Corey Davis. Okay. I mean, being that Zach Wilson is coming back. And that's I mean, the person that he had the predominant relationship right, with, if you will, right, or rapport with. Right. So he'll be someone that nobody's really paying attention to, especially DFS and things like right. that. But I like Corey Davis's game because he should get a ton of targets. I mean, with uh, with the return of uh, Zach Wilson. So on the New York Jets side, that's probably one of the only guys I'm. I really like. I'm not a fan of any of the guys and they run in their backfield. And I do like Rex Burkhead this game. The Jets is one of the worst, one of the worst uh, run defenses in the league we have. And now with the elimination of Philip Lindsay, the elimination of Mark Ingram, that big running back room is now getting smaller. So I think he's going to take on more of the early down stuff. And uh, I can see him definitely punching one in. I got to go back to the well and put emphasis on my boy Elijah Moore. I think. I don't know if everybody noticed, but they're like bottom to last as far as pass defense and yards per game. If this is not an opportunity for him, and again, I get it. He's not like the highly favored guy to Wilson, but his separation as far as uh, per catch and just in general as far as uh, routes run, that's a tremendous upside against a team that's a bottom dweller as far as yards and pass offense. And he only needs but a screen a hitch route he even the smaller routes he can take to the house and like he said cooks actually had earlier cooks has a great floor in this game and somebody we're not looking at david johnson got utilized quite a bit i think they might get him a touchdown uh this week we got baltimore going up against the coats this game has a 51 and a half point over under it may be the highest over under of the week uh, but again, that's a 51 and a half. This is only a three point spread and the indicated score 27 Indianapolis, 22 Tampa Bay. Again, with this high of an over under, it looks like one of those stardom if you got them to me. Uh, but is there anything in particular that we need to pay attention to on this? One? Uh, not to my knowledge. Uh, I think it's just uh, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, Jonathan Taylor. Against that defense, if yeah. He, like if he can he, do what he does against that defense, then I'm telling you, like, right. I mean, he, last he, week he'll be my first. He'll be my running back that I that I draft if I'm high right. enough to draft him. If he can get off against them, so, so last week was a bit of surprise, of course, against Buffalo. Uh, they was missing their their star linebacker Trey Edmonds. Now you're playing against these guys, and these guys are notorious for taking away the run game. Absolutely. So I'm definitely uh, curious to see uh, how that looks. Uh, of course, you start them. I mean, you have no choice. <laughs> most right. times, I don't start right. running. You know, mostly I don't start running backs against these guys like that. If it's a mid-tier guy, lower. But of course, you start your studs. But and, you got to think about it. For this guy, his bad game may be one touchdown and eighty yards versus it being right. two hundred and five. So right. I mean, you know, his close offensive line is healthy. Finally, I think everybody's all good. If you see the holes they create, and it's just like, man, wow. Uh, you could drive a Winnebago through those things, man. Like, so he's all—he's a good running back, but he's—he's he's definitely getting the lanes to run through. You got the Eagles and the Giants with a forty-six and a half over/under. The spread on this one is three and a half. The indicated total is Philly twenty-six, New York twenty-one. What you got on this one, Joe? Jalen Hurts. Oh my God! <clears throat> just when the guy stopped putting up twenty uh, fantasy points a game, this guy just came out the bat running last week, uh, scoring two rushing touchdowns. I think this is a great opportunity for him and Devontae Smith to get going. And even Goddard, Goddard came back from his injury and he balled out pretty well. As far as the Giants, I mean, you to me, I don't, you know, I finally admitted the season Barkley has had to this point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, w- yeah. What what season is that? You know, uh, I can't. I don't want to say. Um, oh, I was really so high on him. You're though. not there yet. I got you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but this is a good play. I don't. I don't think as far as Daniel Jones, it's one of, he's one of those under those guys you really can't count out, even in adverse matchups where this doesn't look to be a good matchup for him. He'll seem to find a way to run the ball for 70 yards and score a touchdown and manage to throw two touchdowns in this game. So I can't say I'll fade him at this point. But if you do have a better quarterback, I would definitely go with that pick. And then as far as their wide receivers, they have. To me, nobody. Everybody is almost the same as far as skill set. And even tuning, we thought he'll do good with 14 uh, targets, 11 receptions. He only had like 40 yards off of that. So 
I definitely see real quick Jalen Hurst just landing back down to earth. I know everybody. Yeah, why not? I mean, he hasn't thrown the ball well at all for the last four games. Real quick, his totals. Last week, he threw for 147. The week before, 178. The week before, 162. The week before, 103. What do you run for, though? See, but that's the thing, though. You can't really count on the run. You know what I'm saying? You can. No, not necessarily. He had a big game last week, but the weeks before that, there was no touchdown rushes and no higher than 70 yards rushing. Like he had three rushing touchdowns last week. So you got three rushing touchdowns, 69 yards. Like that's already 24, what, 24 points. He had a total of 30. His arm only gave him six points last week. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, Jalen Hurt. Nah, I think he'll come crashing back down like he's been doing. Uh, don't look for him to take off and get all these rushes like last week. This guy hasn't been throwing the ball well at all. I'm sorry. Like he's been doing a lot of. A lot of his points have been coming in, you know, garbage time and things of that nature. So I don't see him doing all that hot, me personally. Would you be surprised to know? I saw a, a stat the other day that if you look at the numbers for Hertz in comparison to the numbers for Lamar Jackson, just over their actual career thus far, they're, they're on the same trajectory. I looked at Hertz as being kind of a second tier QB. And that's basically based on how his own damn team treats him. It's kind of hard to, you know, uh, uh, put him in the upper echelon when his own team, like every week, seems to be like, okay, well, we don't know if we like him. We don't know if, you know, we need to go a different direction, whatever, whatever. But um, the stats indicate that, I mean, if if you like Lamar Jackson, you got to like Jalen Hurts. So any given Sunday, one run is all it'll take. And the Giants haven't exactly been hitting on all cylinders. And they just lost their offensive coordinator. So Philly may actually have the ball in their hand a little bit more than the norm while they're trying to figure out what they're going to do on offense. So I I actually, I kind of like Hurts in this game. We'll kind of see how that works out. To to his point, which is a benefit, he is averaging at least anywhere between a floor of 40 to 60 yards consistently a game. That's still four to seven yards, not including his passing. And anytime he has Miles Sanders uh, on the field, he actually is a more proficient quarterback as far as passing. Um, again, I think this matchup sets up a lot. We, and we can't look at Bradbury isn't what he was last year. So Devontae is going to look at this as a nice little get back as far as a matchup. We have the Panthers going up against the Dolphins. This is a two-point spread with the Carolina Panthers being the favorite in this one. It's only a 42-point total. The predicted score is Miami 27, Carolina 15. This is going to be heartbreaking for one franchise. And I say that because if Cam takes another L and it's to this team, I don't know where you go from there. On, On the opposite end of that, if Miami takes another L, we may be seeing the writing on the wall for s- several of their players and definitely for the coach and GM. So th- this is going to kind of start a downward spiral for somebody's team. Uh, Cam usually played pretty good against the Dolphins. Uh, definitely rushing the ball. He seemed to always punch it in the end zone against them. We kind of see the Dolphins took a back seat last week. The defense is really hot. The last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but last week it kind of cooled off a little bit. So I want to see if they can get back to that uh, against this Carolina team. So I guess you know if you got them, you start them. Curious to see this Hope DJ, this DJ Moore, Xavier Howard matchup. We see how that how that looks. On uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, I got more in too many spots. <laughs> That's the one guy on their defense that you can that you can hang your hat on. Almost, we'll, we'll see how that goes. You got your Titans versus the Patriots, which we, which we talked about a little bit before. This one is a 44 and a half point over under, and the Patriots are the favorites by six and a half points. That's I, I want to say that may be the highest spread that New England has been favorited in this season thus far. Uh, the predicted score is New England 30, Tennessee 15. What are we doing in this one? Yeah, I think, honestly, I'm I'm fading the entire Tennessee team. I think without Antonio, without Brown, and without Julio, you, you really can't do anything against one of the best, the, the best defense. I'm going to go ahead and say it in the NFL. This is going to be a really, it's going to be dreadful to watch Tennessee. On the other hand, I, I really like Ramondre at this point. I love Dame, but at the end of the day, the, the carries are getting too close. And now we're talking about uh, Javante and my other guy from the Broncos. Oh, Gordon. We're getting in that category as far as these carries, but Ramondre is just 
he's lightning in a bottle. So I like I favor him in this matchup as well. And then I like all his receivers. He seemed to get them all involved. But out of those, I think Bourne and Hunter Henry stands out for me in this matchup. We got the Steelers going up against the Bengals. This one is a 45-point total with a four-and-a-half-point spread with Cincinnati being the favorite in this one. When have we – I can't think of a uh, – man, I'm trying to recall a time that I've ever said Cincinnati is the favorite against Pittsburgh by any point spread. Okay, so you got Cincinnati with the predicted score of 28, Pittsburgh with the predicted score of 18. What's going on with this, man? Uh, Cincinnati has a uh, maybe a better nucleus offensively, and that's due to the quarterback play. Pain. These teams kind of marry each other if you think about it. They both have good, you know, young wide receivers. They both have good young running backs, and the 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 difference is the quarterback play. Like Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been the Ben of old, and uh, we've seen you know glimpses and, and and greatness out of uh, Burrow. You know, so I think that's where the difference lays uh, or lies. Is the quarterback play. So that's probably why you see Cincinnati being a favorite. And the defense is actually playing pretty well this year. That's yeah, they great, are. You know what I mean? So Mixon is healthy. It, right. Finally, <laughs> at the tail end of the season, knock on wood. And then you also have Pittsburgh. With, they have a lot of guys on the back end that's, that's out and hurt. You know, Joe Hayden. True. I'm not sure if Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick is coming back. Minka. They didn't give an update on Fitzpatrick, but I would I, w- I would assume that they would have indicated that he was better if he was better versus it still being more of the same. But nothing has come out on him just yet. So you don't want this guy, whoever that backup is, you know, Jamar Chase, you know. So Facts. I can oh, definitely man. see why. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. You got the Falcons going up against the Jaguars. This one is a 46 and a half point over under. Only a one point spread. And Atlanta is the favorite in the game. And they're playing in Jacksonville. The predicted score on this one is Jacksonville 25, Atlanta 18. <sighs> Another place where I don't know what I'm going to get out of Matty Ice, man. It's, no, it seems like this Matt is Matt Lukewarm Water. Right. That's, he's definitely <laughs> like with him. You can't, I cannot trust him in this matchup. Because we'll like to think typically this is where it's a get right game for him. But then again, we've said that several times in his matchups. I uh, definitely would like to look at Pitts. Um, Pitts seem to be solid. Now they're starting, obviously, even putting him in a flanker role and put him out wide. They're finally doing what we thought they would do at the beginning of the season to get this guy open. And then, I mean, I guess you got to say Russell Gage. He's been heavily targeted the last four games. So we have to think they'll go back to that well as well. Um, On the other side, obviously, because we don't know about Cordell to talk on him. I think this is a good game for Chenault. Chenault without Agnew, who's been mm-hmm. electric on special teams and also, a, you know, being a utility player. That puts Chenault in a prime position to kind of get back into his role, especially if Marvin Jones is healthy. That really facilitates where the ball is going to go. And I think Dan Arnold has to get right after not having hardly any yards of usage uh, in the previous game. And then as far as uh, Lawrence, I think Lawrence going to be scrambling quite a bit. And he's going to find the red zone twice. He's not going to pass and touchdown now. And Agnew is out for the season, by the way. I don't think we mentioned that in the news. Uh, he was pulled yeah, on drop season in the IR. So kind of the glue guy, if you will, that's no longer there. So they're going to have <laughs> to pivot to Chenault or possibly even um, Marvin Jones is never going to be the glue guy. He, he's always going to be that go get it, you know, Deshaun Jackson type, you know, post route guy. But a lot a, a lot less miles to feed uh, with the Jaguars now than what it was we were looking at at the beginning of the season. Um, we have the Chargers versus the Broncos. This one is a 47 and a half point over under and only a two and a half point spread with the Chargers being the favorite. Now, in this one, the predicted score is Chargers 25, Denver 23. I think it's going to really be a, a really close game. You have the offense of the Chargers going against that great defense of the Broncos. Uh, the Chargers are not good against the run. So I definitely see uh, I like Melvin Gordon in this game. Not only the revenge. But he's just going against a bad rush defense. So I know he's going to be motivated to go against his old team. Let's start to see some return on the investment in this game. And what I mean is these guys just got paid. Patrick, Sutton, y'all got paid. I want to see some results, man. I understand everybody trying to foreshadow. And maybe these guys trying to get ahead of it. But let's start seeing some return on investment. Uh, Having two touchdown catches, Sutton, I think, this year, it's not enough. You know, $70 million, it's not enough, man. Like, you missed all of last season, pretty much. Yeah. So, let's start see. Let's let's see something now. You got your bag. His agent must be – he must have got the same agent that um, Sam Bradford had. 
from the get that money. You know, <laughs> look, I mean? it's, it's probably the same agent as what uh, Kenny Dollar they got right now. I I, I want to see something because these are the matches you got to think about it, right? It's cool to play well in certain games, but when you're playing against the Derwin James of the world, you're playing against mm-hmm. the, the Stephon Gilmore's of the world. I need you to play ball. You know what I mean? When you're playing against these top tier guys, I need for you to show up because that's a, those are the guys that get paid. So I'm, I really, I'm curious on seeing that. This should be a, a close game because this is, you know, one of those divisional type style games. Yeah. So yeah. they know each other quite well. Right. We have the uh, Vikings going up against the 49ers. That's a 48 point over under with a three point spread. 49ers being the favorite by that three. The predicted score is 49ers 30, Minnesota 17. So the predicted score indicates that Vegas believes the 49ers are going to continue with outstanding defensive play um, as of late. So hopefully that's an indication of what Debo and uh, Garoppolo may do more so than with this matchup, um, because honestly, this is one of those, in my opinion, if if you have any of the players in this matchup, you probably have to start them. Unless you're maybe a single quarterback league and you have Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup. Outside of that, if you have Kirk Cousins, Jimmy, uh, Jefferson, Kittle, any of these guys, uh, Debo, uh, you're probably going to start them. But my question is more so lending itself to the 49ers as a team. Are, Are we looking at an admission that Trey Lance may not quite be what they thought he was? Or is Jimmy just that good if he's healthy? Uh, I mean, Jimmy always, I mean, if you look at his record as a starting quarterback, I mean, he's one of the better ones. He led his team to the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it's just, you know, Trey Lance is just the future. So so you think this will be Jimmy's year and then whatever will happen will happen and we'll go from there? Right. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, Jimmy always prone to injury. So you definitely want to have that guy, you know what I mean, backing him up. You know, not the, uh, what's my guy from, from Iowa, uh, backup quarterback 49ers. Um, I know exactly who you're talking about. Bethard? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bethard. So you definitely want to have somebody that you can, you know what I mean, once they come in and get the job, they can keep the job and, you know, be the future. So that's, I think, a reason why they drafted not so much that Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G kind of put you in that Tony Romo kind of lane where he plays well, but he will make a mistake at the wrong time, you <laughs> know, true. type of deal. So, but uh, this game here should be pretty exciting, man. I think this is probably the most exciting game of the week. The uh, the the Vikings Niners game. Yeah, and that's good. in San Fran, by the way. Because you got two, it's two offenses that can be very explosive. So I, I think this should be probably one of the most exciting games. Well, I'll see how you feel after I announce this next game. We have the Rams going up against the Packers. This is a 48-point mm. over-under, the same as the Vikings 49ers game. The interesting part in this, this may be reminiscent of something that we said a few weeks ago. Um, there is no spread in this game. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers came out, um, you remember you were saying, Vander, that he said he had something going on that was worse than turf toe? He just said he had COVID toe. The dude said he had COVID toe. I think he's trying to be funny, but hey. yeah, 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 it didn't land well, but yeah, he, he, <laughs> the thing that I'm looking at though is remember, this is how that hiatus for Kyler Murray started with that game that he was supposed to play that week, not having a spread. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody playing for LA that's injured or significant enough of a change where there wouldn't be a spread. Normally, again, in football games, the only time Vegas doesn't post a spread is if they're uncertain whether one of the QBs are going to go because the QBs mm. for all intents and purposes are one of the only players on the field, unless you have a really, 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 really good running back or something like that, that moved the the, the meter that much to whereas they won't even put a spread out there. So right. that kind of scares me a little bit. I think he's going to play. I understand, you know, what Vegas doing, um, but, you know, he's just dealing with that bone bruise. It's, it's not a skin issue. It's more of a bruise in the toe, but I think he's going to play. I don't think him. I don't see him missing this game. It's just one of those games you just never know. Oh, he's going to play. Yeah, he's definitely going to play. But I mean, as far as the win, this may be a pick them, you know, once they figure it out. Like yeah. at one point, you know what I mean? Or just pick them because it's Aaron Rodgers, man. I agree. Then you um, got the matchup. You worst got Devontae. In and you got um, Aaron Donald staring down the barrel and on the other side, Von Miller. That That's right. going to be in Ramsey out there. on the. I mean, Ram- Ramsey Devontae. always gives Adams a, a, a decent matchup. So. 
Yeah, that should be interesting. To say the least, um, you would definitely want Aaron Rodgers to be at, in tip-top shape, but that's just not going to be the case as indicated by there not being a spread. I think real quick, though, mm-hmm. I think you can get a good dose of A.J. Dillon in this game. I think we're going to probably true, see him true, break true. out this game a little bit more. Have we heard anything about Aaron Jones? I haven't Is, heard anything about Aaron Jones. Because I, I know in my... In my um in, in the fantasy league I have him and he went from being IR available to being questionable. So I, I don't but they haven't actually given any any uh updates. So he originally was supposed to miss one to two weeks. So I'm assuming, you know, it, it may be a game time decision. Uh, probably won't be known until almost, you know, time to roll. Or or, or either they're gonna not let on based on gamesmanship, um, what they're going to do as far as that's concerned. So, you know, the Packers are definitely not at full strength, to say the least. This might be one of the few times I would fade Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Uh, Considering, um, one, I don't think Ramsey, yes. This is a good. This is a good time to do it. If the, and I'm gonna give a good reason why. Um, I think this game is definitely set up to where I think they're gonna try to uh, have balance, but they're not converting the ball on third down. They're actually almost horrible the last couple games at third and start third and short, and believe it or not, horrible at third and long. And you can't do that against a Ram team because what they're gonna do is they're gonna they're not gonna just always put Ramsey on them. They're going to put Burgess over the top, and then they're going to put one of their other line cornerbacks on him. And they're going to challenge him on third and long to look the other way because Devontae gets away with stuff with these mediocre corners, but the Rams have a solid plethora. So it's not going to be Rams. They're going to switch it up and do and double cover Devontae and how Burgess and them are able to converge on players and the pass rush. I don't know how Rodgers can keep up. I mean, and then OBJ is finally acclimated to this offense and Van Jefferson. They dropped a lot of passes the last week that if they caught him, would have been a massacre against their opponent last week. Aaron Rodgers, I love him. I love Devontae. I have him in a couple leagues, but he hasn't been catching more than seven receptions a game on top of that. He's again, he's getting away with mediocre corners. Now you're going against Ramsey in a secondary that's tops in the league and know how to cover the top wide receiver. So are you saying pivot to MVS? Oh no, I wouldn't I wouldn't like any of these wide receivers. Okay. Again, gotcha. I, and in principle, if he's if Ramsey not going to be on Devontae, he's going to shift. He's going to be MBS. on it. Okay, I got you. And then so, you who put, you, mm-hmm. so who do you go with? If you if you say you're going to fade him, fade to who? I don't want no. Honestly, I don't even want Dylan. I'm going on Rams side. If I'm on Fanny, like a uh, DFS or props, I'm going on the Rams side. I don't think it's a good matchup for them this week because who they got a stout defensive line. Five Miller plays the run as good as he pass rushes on top of that. But the Rams and haven't been I, good against the run this year like that. Let me look it up because I'm quite well, sure. Well, they, well, no, that's true. They haven't been good against the run, but yeah. Von Miller's only been there for a game. So his impact hasn't been filled. But if you fade Devontae, you fade him for who, for example? I'm not, tell, I don't want nobody. I don't want nobody on the Packers side. So if you have, so you're not going to play Devontae in your lineup? If you have him, you have to play him. But if you're expecting that touchdown and stuff he get every game, no. He's not even catching seven more than seven passes a game. And we used to see him do double digits like it's nothing. I mean, His offense he, has been a lot more conservative without Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was a catalyst that allowed them to kind of get off on, on defenses. I mean, yeah, I'll take seven catches. He's getting If you're getting a double-digit target, I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Because I seven he can make magic last week he yeah, had seven he's gonna be touchdown dependent that's what i'm saying like if you have him you have to start him but if i'm doing dfs or i'm doing a prop i'm not taking him because of that volatility oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean of course because he's going to be yeah. probably the the higher uh his his salary is going to be high for dfs right. i get that so yeah but you don't fade Devontae adams man I mean, yeah, in, in fantasy, you got to start him if you if you got him. But I, if you're expecting that 10-plus fantasy point game, I'm just not seeing it, just how well Rams can cover the top mm-hmm. wide receivers without Ramsey on him. Because Ramsey didn't shadow the top wide receiver last week, and they still did well. Even on key downs and third downs and even in the slot, we didn't see a lot of Ramsey shadowing the top receiver. And I don't think he shadowed Devontae a lot. They don't have to in this game. Uh, these guys did play each other last year. And Devontae did have nine catches, 66 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers threw for two. Uh, Aaron Jones rushed for 99 yards, only on 14 carries. 
and had a touchdown. So that's, that's, a, my that's point a little too. bit of the a lower end. That if he doesn't get the touchdown in there, that 66 yards isn't anything to write home about. So I kind of see where both of you are coming because if you don't start Devontae, Adam, that, that's like if Hopkins is a go. If he's healthy, I understand the matchup may not be nice, but who are you going to start over him? Like There aren't right. very many wide receivers that you can pivot to, per se, if the guy that you have is Adams or Hopkins or somebody like that, if they're healthy. It's no different than... um. Like Vander was saying with Jonathan Taylor going up against Tampa Bay's run defense. Yeah, that's one of the, that, if not the toughest run defense one of, but who you going to pivot to? There is no, there is no pivot as long as that guy's healthy. Um, so we cross our fingers and hope for the best in that one. But I can and just like, just like you said, DFS, you don't play Jonathan Taylor because he's probably going to be $9,800 or something crazy. Right. So yeah, yeah, you don't spend that much money going against this match. Adam, same thing. Yeah, for sure. So again, as far as DFS, nah, you don't play him, but. But in your regular type league, yeah, like, a, you, you got to do what you got to do. It's still the best <laughs> in the league. You know what I mean? Like you can't run away from the best in the league just because Ramsey's the best in the league. Hey, this is why you get paid. You know what I mean? So in the last two matchups we have, we had the Browns versus Ravens and the Seahawks versus the football team. The Browns versus Ravens is a 46 point total with a three and a half point favorite towards Baltimore. The predicted score is Baltimore 30, Cleveland 16. If Hunt is actually back, I can see Cleveland doing a whole lot of running. They, they will try to keep the ball out of Mayfield's hands as much as possible, which may keep Baltimore from having the opportunity to score that much. I can see this being one of those knockdown, drag out type matchups, a 10 to 13 type of a situation. Other than your 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 guys that you got to start, start your Chubb, start your uh, Lamar Jacksons, your Andrews at tight end, Hunt, if he goes outside of that, I don't know what they're going to do in the running game as far as Baltimore is concerned. Maybe you stay in the flames with Freeman or if you have Murray and you, you know, you, you're in a situation as far as running back is concerned. I would not start them, but they wouldn't necessarily be my go-to. Uh, what do you got on this one, Vander? Uh, man, this is going to be an ugly game, in my opinion. I think so, too. Um, and it's in Baltimore. Yes, yeah, it should be an ugly game. Uh, both teams are not the best well, right now throwing the ball. I think they're both going to run, run, run. And if Cleveland does take that scheme you talked about, you know, trying to keep Baltimore on the sideline, they're not the type of team that's going to come out and sling it around. You know what I mean? Like that. So unless unless you have to, you know, Lamar Jackson is one of those quarterbacks. If you just take the run away completely, they will throw the ball. You know what I mean? I, right. A lot of teams have made that mistake already this year. But I think this is going to be one of, uh, one of those ugly games. If I'm the Cleveland Browns, I deploy all three of my running backs. Uh, kind of like the 49ers did against the Rams a couple weeks ago, where the whole first half they just trained the clock. You know, I would run Chubb. I would run Hunt. I would run Dearness. I would run Chubb. I would run Hunt. I would run Dearness. And I'll just keep them fresh and keep fresh bodies in there. They got the best offense line in football. Yep. I mean, so I definitely just tight end. Yeah, I would make it, tight end. I, I would make it ugly. I would just make it as ugly as possible. And if I do do play action, then you know, quick little play action, and then you know, maybe hit Landry on a crossing right, hit Majoko here and there, like, and just go back to the run again, and then run it and run it. You know, take your three yards, take your three yep. or four yards a carry, and just make it ugly. So, I mean, you just play your guys as usual. If you, if you got Baker Mayfield, that's 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 the sign. You know what I mean? Do not play him. You know what I mean? Like this guy shouldn't even be in your team. You know what I mean? But as far as everyone else, your Andrews, you know those guys. You know, I think you just deploy him as usual. Yeah, um, Baker might not make it out of this game. This may be one of those. Look, Barry, this this is going to be one of them games. I already know you about to pick up Case Keenum on Sunday just to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Because uh, he he might he might he might not make it through. Whether it's the poor play or to injury or whatever, he might not make it through. And this is a um, Sunday night game. It's uh the Sunday night game. Yes, oh sir. yeah 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 for sure. I, I could definitely see Keenum on my team probably leading to this game. <laughs> I, I could uh, see Calais Campbell falling on him, man, and just get him out of there. You know, Calais got hurt last week. They didn't give any updates or anything of whether he'll be playing this week, but I know he got hurt last week, and I, I don't remember if he returned. Okay. But um, just because you brought him up, that just kind of came kind of came. Yeah, I've seen him walk away, but he, he kind of walked away under his own power, so I didn't, you know. I feel you. We'll, we'll see have to if he can verify and see how that goes. But, uh, right. The last game we got is the Seahawks going up against the football team. Uh, that's a 46-and-a-half point over-under and only a one-point spread. Joe, what's going on with your squad, buddy? <sighs> 
You want the long answer or the short answer? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let, I let play me this? give you the predict the score. Let me give you the predict the score. Washington 26, Seattle 17. That sounded about right. Should I play this per- <laughs> should I should I play this courage again? <laughs> but that's literally um yeah. The purge is not going to explain the type of duress Russell Wilson is going to be under. I think he came back from this this injury a little bit too soon. I mean, to me, this is his last year. This is his audition tape. So I get the grit and trying to show people he can play through the injury and stuff. I don't think he comes back to Seattle next year. As far as the matchup, I like Haneke a lot. Haneke about to eat. Like this dude, to me, he's the Redskins should have did it off the playoff game alone, made him the starting quarterback. But this guy, he's just, he reminds me of Jeff Garcia. He just, got this moxie about him that he got this small man complex but he just big so i think he's going to play really well against our defense jamal adams is a waste of money so for that reason terry mclaurin is going he's going he about to go ball out antonio gibson obviously mckiss all of them fire up the redskins offense uh against seattle on the other side of the ball you got to give Lockett his just due Lockett is going to always find a way to bail Russell Wilson out with, with just how well he gets open. Metcalf, I don't think he's going to like this kind of team. They play a lot of cover four, but how they play it is it looks like man, and they, they do have man concept. He's going to find the end zone because he's Metcalf, but I think it's similar to most of his games where he has a great first half and then the second half, he kind of disappears because of how well the pressure and the concepts that Rivera's going to put on uh, Russell towards the end of the game. Well, that about wraps up the matchup show. Again, happy high holidays a happy thanksgiving um to all of you out there enjoy your friends enjoy your family enjoy that good turkey if you're looking for us again fantasy football fiend family facebook group on twitter fantasy underscore fiend instagram fantasy football fiend we out